Hey, podcast listeners, it's me, Alicia, checking in this week with a brand new episode. In the episode, we connect with Chastity Brown, a professor of health science at Lincoln University. We put together this podcast episode to help young professionals and students navigate through COVID-19 right now and in the upcoming months ahead. Beyond COVID-19, Chastity shares tips on what young professionals should be thinking about now to achieve success later. We touch upon numerous different topics like when to say no, comparing yourself to others, and even thoughts around purchasing a new car. If you're up to improving yourself personally or professionally, take a listen to Chastity as she shares her stories and provides you a roadmap on how you can prepare yourself to live your best life. Living Sport Podcast, Navigating COVID-19 as a Young Professional is coming at you in three, two, one. Welcome podcast listeners. We are trying something new today. The podcast is being recorded as a Zoom session. Given the nature of COVID-19 and the national social distancing implementation, we like many other podcasts or businesses in general are adapting and doing things a little differently than we normally would. Some food for thought. This makes me think of an impactful lesson I was taught and I saw this on social media and websites is that the most dangerous phrase in the language, you could Google it, this will probably come up, is the words, we've always done it this way. People all over, we're going through this together and there's no other thing we can do right now than to adapt and pivot to what we have right now. So we are doing this podcast via Zoom. Teachers, professors, they're teaching via Zoom. They're teaching from digital platforms. Businesses have gone from going to an office every day, working, printing paper, to now everything's digital. So we are here, we are now, and all we can do is change the way things are done. So Google that. The most dangerous phrase in the language is, we've always done it this way. Let's get to our podcast guest, who I think will have a lot of great insight about this topic and just about a lot of different, really valuable topics. Joining me on this Zoom call today is a successful female business person, someone that is multifaceted, very disciplined, and I like to say is the queen of side hustles. She is a professor of health science at Lincoln University in Pennsylvania, vice chair of the advisory board at Living Sport, and a three-time program mentor, currently writing her dissertation, a former classmate of mine, now colleague, amongst many, many, many different things. Welcome to the podcast, Chastity Brown. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yes, it's very exciting to have you on the podcast. I've been waiting for a great time to have you on because what you can provide to listeners at home is something very special. And not that I was waiting for a moment in the world like this because none of us ever could have imagined and wanted something like this, but I think your insight is something that can help a lot of people through this time. What I love so much about you is your great mindset for life. Now more than ever, I think people need some guidance, some structure, and maybe even thinking about how they have been living recently. We have time on our hands, so I'm sure it's got a lot of people thinking. You, Chastity, combine tough love, 
with support and encouragement for people to live their best lives. Everybody says that term. You were somebody in my life that has taught me ways and encouraged me, and I've seen you encourage other people, including Living Sport alumni, to live their best life. So what is your definition of living your best life and explain your mindset on this? So yeah, um, that song actually came out in 2018 and I would like to say that I came up with that, but I didn't. It was a song and working with college students, I heard them say that phrase often and I thought, ah, this is a great way to use that term for the population that I serve and to kind of get them motivated. And so when, when the kids say, I'm living my best life, you know, it's like they're, how, they're having a good time and things like that. But as I was able to reflect on that, living your best life to me is really giving your best in all aspects. And so reflecting on that, what does that mean? What does that look like? How can I give my best to the things in my life? And so I had to take a step back because life is busy. I'm busy. I want to be productive. I want to make an impact. You know, I want to do a lot of things. But at the same time, I want to be able to give my best to everything that I do. And so thinking back, what, what do I need to do to truly live my best life? And so I can't give my best to people if I am not at my best. So the first thing, the core of, of living my best life is taking care of myself, making sure that I am feeding my mind, I'm feeding my soul, I'm feeding my body, I'm taking care of my body, making time for myself, that downtime and all of those things first to make me my best. And then I can go out and give to others and truly live my best life. I can, I can be a, a great professor and give my best and I can be a good best friend and I can be a best sister and a best aunt. But living your best life truly is taking a step back and making sure that you are taking care of yourself. And so in turn, then you are naturally going to be able to give your best to other things and to other people, and hence the term living best life. Now, one of the things that I had to give up or I had to learn in focusing on living my best life is that the word we don't like to use and that word is no right? And so I've been a yes person for a very long time. And it's like, I want it. I'm a people pleaser and I want to be involved and I want to do everything. But if you say yes to everything, you can't give your best to most things because now you're overworked, you're overwhelmed and you're stressed out. And so part of me adopting to living my best life is learning that checks and balance and, and making sure that I am saying yes to the right things and no to things that are not in my vision, they're, they're not helping my goals and they're not helping me grow. And so that's really what I believe best life is. Now, how do you get somebody who may not really understand how to give up things, how to say no, you work with young people a lot. How do you encourage them to maybe take on this mindset? That's tough, right? Because maybe they don't have a career or maybe they don't have, you know, they're not where they want to be. And so saying no is a challenge. And so, you know, I instruct them to evaluate all aspects of your life and, and figure out where they can say no. That might not be volunteering. That might not be internships or, or opportunities or schoolwork. 
but it, what it might have to be temporarily is maybe you can't go out on that Friday night, or maybe you can't go out on that Saturday night, or maybe you're turning off your phone and you're not on Twitter and you're not on Instagram and you're not on social media. That's their no right now. And so for them, I understand that it's a grind. Being where I am, it, it's been a grind to get here. And you know, you've had to say, I had to say a lot of yeses to a lot of things. But those no's are things that right now for their age are, are things that are only temporary. So hanging out with their friends sometimes and partying and things like that. And so that's where I encourage them to focus. It's never say no to an opportunity because they're nowhere in their career or in their education to say no to somebody that says, hey, I've got this great opportunity. And they're like, oh, no, I'm too tired. I need to take me time. They've got to figure that part out, right? And so what areas of their life can they say no? One of the things I say is when they tell me I don't have time and I, I say, can I see your phone? And I need you to show me your screen time. And they're like, what? Oh, you have 12 hours of screen time every day just on your phone, but you don't have any time. That's your no. That's where you need to set your boundary. I'm really glad you shared that story because if you didn't, I was going to prompt you to share it because that is one of the best stories I have ever heard. Now, the way you teach your classes, all that you put out to students are real world things, right? Like you have to teach that we are living in a, in a world of technology now, but nowhere did I ever think or have I ever heard a professor that cares so much that when a student tries to give an excuse that they don't have time, that you come up with a way that, hey, this is measurable. Let me make this a reality for you of how you can measure yourself. It's not only for you, but it's for them as well. Because I think when they see 14 hours of social time, I think everybody could take a step back and be like, wow, should I really be investing my time there? So I think that one of the differences that I have than some of my other colleagues is that I worked frontline for 10 years plus before going into academia. I had the opportunity to work frontline. I had the opportunity to be a manager and a supervisor and a director. And bringing that into the classroom is key because, yep, you, I can tell them to read chapter one and chapter two, and we're taking a test on chapter one and chapter two, but what does that really mean, right? And so learning, you got to be able to apply things and make it practical experience, especially for the generation today, because they're not, they're not reading a textbook and they're not interested in those. So you have to be able to take the content and make it applicable to whatever population that you're serving. And I credit that to being in the industry for 10 plus years prior to me coming into academia. I mean, we've all had professors that are like, read this, and then we have a test on this. We're going to do this, write this paper. And what does that mean? And it's crazy to me because even now being out of college for a substantial amount of time, even today, I still see, oh, that's what that meant. But if we could get kids to, to understand that, in undergraduate and as they're doing their internships they get it they'll get it a lot sooner so i think that with that that practical piece and figuring out what it is that they need to give up is all in the application and delivery and i just credit that to having the opportunity to be in the industry prior to being in academia that has helped me to think outside the box to help the students get to see that 
I think something too is to let young people know that everyone makes sacrifices. It's not just them, it's everyone. We all, whether it's when we are young, going through college, getting that first job, or really developing our professional career and everybody and beyond that is in life, you are dealt with a set of choices. You always get to a fork in the road. Where do I go from here? And at times um, you may be faced with a, a tough call that you have to make a choice, give up something, to increase or go after what you see as a successful life. So I think that is a big thing too, is that they're not alone. No one is alone, especially right now. You know, we started off the segment talking about the pandemic. We are all in this together. We might all have different struggles right now. A student will have a different struggle than a small business. A professor will have a different struggle than somebody who is maybe out of work, but we are all in this together. And I think that is a valuable lesson for everyone right now, but also students being that, hey, it's about figuring things out and moving forward to find your success, whatever, however you define your success. Mm -hmm. So Chastity, we're living in crazy times right now. No one would have ever thought we are going to spend at least 45 days plus in quarantine. This is, this is massive. This is historic. How do you think young people are feeling right now? Yeah, I think that they're nervous. They're scared. They may not come out and say that. There's a lot of uncertainty and a lot of unknown. And so trying to, to piece all of that together particularly I want to talk about the class of 2020, right? Because jobs are, people have lost their jobs. People that have been in the industry for quite some time have lost their jobs. And class of 2020 is ready to graduate. And finding a job is going to be a challenge, especially right now. And it's going to take some time. So the anxiety and, and the stress that they're feeling um, is high. I work with a lot of juniors right now, class of 2021, and I, you know that my hard fast deadline for internships was May 15th, and they're like, "What am I going to do?" There's people aren't even working to even give me an internship, and so a lot of angst, a lot of anxiety, a lot of unknown, and that's all okay to feel that way for sure. Young people, people our age, you know, we don't know what's coming, and I, you know, I. I don't feel we will ever go back to the normal that we once knew. We will begin to adapt to a new norm. And as we begin to adapt to that new norm, there's going to be a lot of uncertainty and nervousness and being scared. And, and that's okay. But one thing that I will say is share that. Speak to people. Have those conversations because they're not alone in, in any of that. And so it's very important to have open communication and finding people that you can trust and confide in so that you can you can get out of that and you have that support and that guidance so that we don't go into deep depressions and and things like that so it's trying times for sure it's challenging it's a whole new norm right now and yeah we're all we're all feeling it let's talk about maybe groups that people can rely on what if somebody just doesn't feel comfortable talking to their parents or their family where what other things are students out there doing i know i saw on social people are doing a lot of group happy hours this could be just a, a class or an alumni or a in my term sport management club getting together 
to socialize, to have that connection and maybe talk through some of this stuff. Yeah, I think that there's a lot of that going on. And I've seen that as well, Alicia, just having group Zooms and having activities. And uh, one of the things that I have seen is that you can actually play like games on Zoom and similar to like Cards Against Humanities and things like that. So you can have game nights and things like that. Uh, there's an app called House Party. And so a lot of the kids, I, I found that my niece told me that's old. But I just learned about House Party through this COVID-19, but going on House Party and connecting with folks and, and playing games on House Party is helpful. What I've also seen on LinkedIn and on Facebook is that people are actually creating webinars and people are actually having Zooms on particular topics. And so taking advantage of those things. I, I know that the university that I work for has had several Zoom calls specifically for students and, and maybe the topic is struggling and, and how we get through this and, and resources that can help you through these times. For me as a faculty, uh, I'm leaning on other organizations as well. So for example, Friday, I'm gonna go on a Zoom call and it's work-life balance in this new norm. And so the Chronicle of Higher Education is offering that quote for faculty, but I would encourage young adults to, you know, contact the organizations that they do belong to and, and what is out there for them. Young alum that maybe just are graduating and, and are kind of like in that, I'm not a college student, but I'm not quite a professional yes, just yet. I've seen alumni Instagrams have various scavenger hunts and, and different things to keep people active and engaged. So I would encourage folks to, to go back to their roots. Where did you go to college? Take advantage of those alumni resources to help you as well. If you were in a sorority, if you were in a fraternity, there's a lot of different things that they're doing right now to help support folks as well. If you're an expert in something, I encourage you to create your own webinar, your own Zoom. And, you know, that gives you an opportunity to be a leader and to engage and talk about something that you're passionate about. And maybe you have some expertise, but it also gives you some social interaction as well in, in guiding other folks that maybe don't have as much knowledge in, in a subject that you do. So. Now, I know you are not big on TV whatsoever. So all of these things we listed are so much better than maybe getting tucked into your couch watching Netflix all day, right? Yeah, it's funny that you say that because even still today, the TV doesn't get turned on and my friends are like, well, what are you doing? You live by yourself what are you doing all day that you've turned on your TV one hour a week? And it's still the same thing. You know, I'm trying to figure it out. I'm trying to meet new people. I'm trying to make new connections just as I would if life were normal, but it's just different. I started a book club. And so one of the things that I started this last night is I'm reading um, five habits of a woman who doesn't quit. And so we started a book club and guess what? We do book club via Zoom once a week now. And so I'm finding other opportunities, things that I would normally do when life was norm. I'm, try I'm trying to find other ways to, to still do them. TV is not a thing for me. I will be honest and completely transparent and say that first week out that my TV was on and I just was like, this is, this isn't good. 
but you know, listening to the news and all that, that's not good for me mentally. And so I, I said, I need to go back and I need to have some type of routine. And the same thing applies. That one hour TV still applies today, even though I'm in my fourth week of quarantine. But yeah, finding other things to do to, to you know, be productive. Going outside for a walk and just taking some time. I've, I've engaged in some meditation via Zoom. I've engaged in some workouts via Zoom. And so it's interesting to see how creative people are being, but there's still other opportunities out there that you can be engaging without actually watching TV. Sure. My biggest take on this time that we have at home is I would feel so upset if I didn't accomplish certain things. So if you're listening at home and you kind of want to do something, you don't want to spend your whole time not really being productive, make a list, right? Start with writing down a couple of things that you could start doing each day. And Chaskit, when I think people get to your mindset of being productive and self-growth, that once you get in a routine, like you said, once you go off of that routine, it doesn't feel good. So you quickly get back on the routine that makes you feel good. But I think the hardest part is that adjustment from maybe not being on a routine, maybe having bad habits, breaking those, and then making that better path for you. Absolutely. And, and one thing is that I am an extrovert. I thrive off of relationships and I thrive as, off of other people. And so this is hard. This is hard for me. My my family and my friends are like, eh, how you doing? And I'm like, you know, I have my good days and I have my bad days because I, I, I don't like to be inside and I like to be around other people. So I'm learning and growing um, as well through this process. And I'm learning, definitely learning about myself. So you are learning. So you are a professor. You now had to take everything online. How was that transition for both you and maybe some colleagues when now you have to take a class of 20 plus students online? If I could, I'd like to speak to this from, as a, from a faculty standpoint, but I'm still a student as well, right? And so I wanna talk about how that transition has transpired as well. But as a faculty member, it's tough. When you are, you do not sign up to teach online. You, I signed up to teach face-to-face -face where I am there and I am engaged with my students four days a week. And so going to online for me was a little bit easier simply because I use an online platform in way of my lessons are on there for students. And this was prior to COVID-19 that they could go online and look at my PowerPoints ahead of time or during class. So those were already there, my lessons. Um, grades, I have an electronic grade book. So that was already there and, and I'm paperless. So all assignments have to be submitted online prior to this. So that transition was easier for me. However, I will say that, you know, a lot of professors have not used an online platform for anything. And so that's a challenge. That was a challenge in itself to try to get them to transition over I will say that there's been a lot of challenges that maybe we didn't think about going into this. And it's simply things like now students are in different time zones. And how are we going to make sure that we are delivering the content for students in the across the United States or globally because we do have international students? Or what are we going to do about children or students that 
don't have internet or a computer or they're sharing their computer because their mom works from home, but she needs the computer during the day or they have younger siblings that maybe are at, a, at another institution or maybe in middle school or high school and they're sharing all this technology. So you have to be really creative, but also flexible. And so in my mind, I originally thought everything's gonna be submitted online. It's gonna be good. It's gonna be typed. It's, it's gonna be great and easy. And that wasn't necessarily the case going into it. And so now, yeah, I prefer things to be submitted online, but you know, if they don't have internet and they've written their homework out and they can text me a picture, guess what? At this time, I'ma take it. And that's a major move for me because I don't accept handwritten work at all. Like that's not a thing for me. And so, you know, I had to be flexible because it's not fair. It's not fair. These kids also did not sign up to have online courses, right? Most of them are face-to-face -face learners. If they wanted to go to online school, they would have went to online school. And so transitioning has been a challenge for faculty. Transitioning has been a huge challenge for students, but the important thing is communication. Don't just not do an assignment. Don't just not reach out. You wanna make sure that you're in clear communication with your professors or whoever so that you can you know, thrive. One of the things that I did is that I have an open Zoom on Mondays for a few hours and Wednesday evenings. And we can talk about schoolwork or we can talk about life. And the, the cool thing is that they're all getting on and maybe they're in the same class or maybe they're in different classes of mine, but nine times out of 10, they just wanna have conversation, all right? They're just talking about life and so, I've tried to create that safe haven for, for all of my students to just chime in, whether you're all in the same class or you're in different sections or whatever it is. So it's been fun to do that. It's been fun to have professionals speak to my students as well. The exciting thing is that the professionals that I have asked to come to campus and could not come to campus because of their schedules have now been able to do Zoom. Right, and so it's been fun to, to have the opportunity to have different professionals speak to the students when we didn't even think about doing Zoom when we were in the classroom. Like that would have been easy to do. We could have Skyped you, you in, but that never crossed our mind. So it's interesting. It's, it's giving the students a different opportunity of learning for sure. Me as a, as a student, I, I go to school full-time online. And so you wouldn't think that that would have COVID has impacted it, except for one thing. My dissertation chair works full-time for the CDC. So at a time where we have a public health crisis, what does that mean for my schooling? And so it was put on hold because my, you know, my dissertation chair is like, listen, I, I'm front CDC. I've got to make rules, guidelines. I'm doing research for COVID right now. Here we are. And so one thing that I will say to students is that if that happens, like you are presented a wall because maybe your teacher has some issues or maybe your teacher came down with COVID or whatever it is, don't just let that be like, well, I guess I just gotta wait. So one of the things I did was I reached out to my school and my department chair and I said, hey, listen, this is where we are and I'm not okay with this. I understand it and I, I respect fully that he's gotta do this for our, you know, our nation and I get it. I said, but right now my motivation is high 
and I want to continue. And so one of the things that I had to work through is finding a new dissertation chair through all of this. So I am, you know, I was projected to graduate this year and, and I'm not now. And, and that's okay. I, I had to come to grips with that. In due time, it'll all work out 2020, 2020, 2021. It's all the same, right? I'm still going to have a job. So I'm not going to let that stress bother me. But yeah, I had to petition and I had to, because I know my motivation is high right now. If I stopped, that was it. And so I got a new dissertation chair. I have yet to meet her. I meet her Monday night. But yeah, so that's been a challenge too, because people's jobs and responsibilities have changed through all of this. And so I encourage young folks, you know, to have an understanding, you know, they expect us to have an understanding for them, but you need to have an understanding for your, your faculty members and what they're going through as well. However, be creative. If you are on fire right now, find ways that you can continue so that in the fall, you're still returning to school and, and not, you know, failing out or taking time off. Well, kudos to you for really taking the bull by its horns. You weren't, you weren't taking that no for an answer. You went out and made things happen for yourself. And that's something I really like to stress with young people is if you really want something, go out and get it. Because if you sit back and wait and take the answer that you're given, then that's your answer. You can go out and try to make a difference, try to make things work in your favor. And you did there. And I'm really glad because this is a big thing too. I, with Living Sport, we work a lot with students and I'm hearing a lot of their perspective. And, you know, like you said, their confusion, everything's new, maybe some frustration with new techniques going online. But what I really try to tell them is, hey, think about what your professor is going through. Chastity, you were well-prepared having a paperless operation, but not everybody was like that. And what professors and teachers in general across the board are going through to help education continue to happen is really the best thing that could happen right now for everybody, not missing a beat, just keep on moving through things like this. So kudos to you and everybody else out there that is in the education sector. Chastity, let's go into the economy. So this is gonna have a massive impact on students graduating college because like you said prior, the jobs just might not be there. But look, so many people are getting laid off now. I'm looking at the sport industry. Sports are not happening right now. And for the first time in a really long time, sports can't happen. So anybody who has worked for a team, a venue, et cetera, they are getting laid off and not knowing when groups of people can congregate once again. So that's just very unfortunate. But if you and I could spread a little positivity, it's that we have weathered this storm. When we were getting our master's degree at East Stroudsburg University, we, it was right at the time of the financial crisis of 07, 08, which led to an economic recession. I graduated from East Stroudsburg with a master's degree in sport management in December of 2017, right in the midst of it all. And the sport industry is hard to get a job to begin with, but you throw in a recession, you throw in a time where people are being laid off and there's not a lot of jobs out there. How are we to cope? What, we, we were classmates. 
So do you have any stories about yourself or what your peers went through during the recession of 07, 08? Yeah, so I graduated in May of 07 with my master's in sport management, and I was fortunate enough to already have a job. So I personally did not experience having to find a job. And in fact, I, I made a job switch in 2007. I, I was working at a YMCA in New Jersey, and I moved my complete life to where I am right now in Chester County, PA, and was able to secure a, a larger job at, at a YMCA here. So I personally did not feel that. However, I know that a lot of my colleagues, you know, they, they interned and maybe they were hired with their, their companies and then they were instantly laid off through all of that. And so, yeah, it was definitely a tough time for sure, but resilience, being resourceful. And one of the things that, you know, we learned is to be resilient and be resourceful. And so we had to be creative in in ways that we were working. And so maybe it wasn't one full-time job in the industry, it was several part-time jobs in the industry. And just trying to piece those things together to stay afloat until things can come back around. Or maybe some folks, you know, got a, got a job maybe not in the industry for a little bit and were able to come back around until the, when the economy was uplifted. Sure. And I want to share my story. I suggest this to anybody, even when there wasn't anything going on, is to do internships. I, at one point in my career, it was probably 07, 08, 09, I felt like a professional intern. And I smile at that because although no one wants to do multiple internships, everyone would rather that full-time job. I just stuck to it because I knew I wanted to work in sports and I knew that working in sport was the only job for me. So did I want to do multiple internships? No, but I did that. And ultimately doing those internships at one point when I was working with the Knicks, I was also working in Hershey, Pennsylvania. So we're talking about New York city to Hershey, Pennsylvania, a three hour drive one way. So six hours and a day driving to commute to hold jobs in both cities just to get experience. So that's what I would say is I weathered the storm that we went through in 07, 08 by keeping my foot in the door in sports, by doing multiple internships, by doing other things in the industry like volunteering. And I just kept doing it. And I believed that that would lead me to where I want it to be. And I believed in, I guess, for the most part, I believed in myself. I believed if I went at everything with full heartedly, 100% and gave it my all that I was going to find success. Ultimately, all of that led me to a full-time job in New York, which then I left New York and got a full-time job in minor league baseball. That then led to me working in the cycling industry, which led me to traveling internationally, which ultimately led me to being an entrepreneur in the sports world. So I want to just encourage people, it, it's going to be tough, hands down but don't let that discourage you. Keep on moving, keep doing whatever it is you have to do. And Chastity, like you said, you already had the job and you were working full time. Now we were peers, we were classmates. 
sure. Could I have looked at you and said, oh man, chastity has a job. I don't. What's wrong with me? I'm not living up to expectations, right? That's easy to do to compare yourself to others. But I think you just can't do it at that moment because you don't know their story and you don't know people's journey. If I took a different journey and maybe took a full-time job at the time that I took my second and third internship, maybe that path wouldn't have led me to living sport. And I, I'm having a blast doing everything I am with living sport and couldn't my, imagine my life and my world any different than what it is today. So again, just keep grinding and do whatever it is you can to pursue whatever you define success as. Yeah, I think that that was a valid point with comparison. And I think one of the major differences between you and I is that if you remember correctly, you went from undergrad to grad school. And I went from undergrad to work full time to grad school part time. And so our stories are al were already different because I worked full time and I went to school part time until I had to do an internship for the master's program. And one of the things that I had to make a decision because we had to do an internship and I worked a full-time job and I technically could have used my job as an internship. And I was like, well, you know, I could just use this and fill out the paperwork and be done with it. But I interned at the YMCA as an undergrad and I worked there. And so part of paying tuition, even though I was interning, you got to pay for those internship credits. And so I was like, do I really want to pay for something I'm not learning because I'm already doing it? And so during all of this in 06, 07, I quit my job. I quit my job full time. I had, you know, an apartment. I had to move back home with my parents. And I quit my job and I started waitressing part-time and I did an internship at a local college. And so that was major. Unfortunately for me, I learned, that was my opportunity at the college level to learn about college students and to learn how to work with college students and how to work a little bit in higher ed, which I think gives me, gave me that edge to be in academia where I am today, even though I did not intern in an academic department. So I did take that leap and quit my job and then did find another full-time job at another YMCA later when I was finished. But yeah, you got it. You got to do those internships and you got to take those leaps and those risks and you figure it out. You make those sacrifices. Did I want to go back home? No, I was living on my own. Right. And so, but I knew that I needed a new skill set. I needed to learn something different and maybe I would like it and maybe I would hate it, but I didn't have a regret because I took that opportunity and, and got a different internship, even though I technically didn't have to. Let's talk about something I know that we both share is the concept of living simple, which enables you then to live the life you want to live. Yes. So you said it right there. You said that if you didn't move home, you wouldn't have been able to make the choice of doing that internship. And that was what you had to do to make something happen. Let me hear, tell the listeners what Living Simple could do for you. Yeah, so 
living with less or living simple, whatever you want to call it, it opens up new doors for you. Because when you choose to live with less or, or live more simplistic, you have less responsibilities. And so when someone says, hey, I've got this internship, but it doesn't pay, or hey, I have this internship, but it pays $5,000 or whatever it is, you not having so many responsibilities, that gives you the opportunity to jump on gaining experience. And so I think that for young people, we want, they want things right now, right? And so everything is overnight because everything, how they are raised is right now, instant responses. You know, they have these phones and everything is instant, 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 instant gratification. And so they want these nice things overnight. And that isn't, truly gonna happen, right? And so the more time you take to put in the effort to get you where you want to go long-term, you gotta kind of think about what is it that you want long-term versus what do you want right now? And is that right now more important than your goals long-term? And so if it's not, leave it alone. Yes, we all want the latest iPhone and, and the latest car and all of those things. However, if that is get, if your right now is getting in the way of your goals long-term, I highly suggest that you, you leave it alone because you're not going to be able to embrace those opportunities presented to you if you have so many responsibilities. And, and it's important for young people to know that. Live simple, take your time and build, and, and gain those experiences so that it helps you get to your end goal, you know, long-term. You mentioned two of the biggest expenses young people face is cell phone. Believe me, guys, you do not need the latest and greatest cell phone. Um, I lived for years with an outdated iPhone, and guess what? It got me through everything I needed to get through. Also, a big thing of mine is a vehicle. Now, do you have a public transportation option? Are you in a bigger city that offers that? If not, and you do need a car, a car is used to get from A to B. Does it matter what is getting you from A to B? And a car is actually not an investment because a car is one of the things that you drive it off the lot and it actually starts to depreciate. So watch where you put your money because things like that, they don't pay dividends later on and you can just spend all your money on that stuff. And going back to comparing yourself to others, we were talking about uh, my example, Chastity, was you, were, you had a full-time job and I didn't, but it all also goes back to things. Don't buy things, new clothes, new shoes, just because other people have it. Um, I, I wish I could have done that. And guys, this is where I believe put me on a path to success. So I think I'm just very passionate about living simple is I always want to look professional. That's a key to being a professional, but I couldn't go out to those expensive stores and spend money and have the, the newest sneakers or whatever it may be. I was discount shopping at your outlets and trying to find those deals. So just watch yourself when you do that, because like Chastity said, the more you do that, the more you're set up for success. Something I also did in college, guys, is I worked from the time I was 16. I always had a job. 
whether it was hostessing my first job at 16, I think when I turned 16, I got a job as a hostess. And then I worked at, in, at restaurants and I delivered pizza in college. Chastity, do you remember me delivering pizza? I would actually leave college and drive 45 minutes home to a local pizza shop that I made a couple hundred dollars at on a Friday night. And that was additional income. So what I want to say there is though, don't put yourself out and go spending that money on going out to eat or drinking. Those are things how you waste money. Try to, you know, I wish I saved a little more when I was younger. I was working. I was working hard for the money I made, but I, I spent it a little too quick. I wish I saved a little more or invested in other things like education, like certificates, like building my skills, et cetera. But yeah, that is some important topics of, I wish I maybe had somebody there to guide me as far as money when I was younger. You guys spend a lot of money to be in the classroom, 20,000, 25,000, some schools are $60,000 a year. And one thing that I find troublesome is that you don't intern for free or or a, a less amount of money, which is interesting because that's where you're learning, right? So you spend all this money in the classroom, but won't get out and gain experience or can't afford to get out and gain that experience because, you know, we bought that car, we bought that. And so that's that's free education right there. And I encourage young folks to really take advantage of those opportunities. One thing I really, really love, and I say it a lot because I think it's so good, is that your first job out of college, don't necessarily worry about the salary because for the first time in your life, you are getting paid to learn. 100%. Yes. So take that job. If it's going to get you to where you need to be, Remember, you as a young professional still have a lot of learning to do outside of the university setting, and why not take it at a job that you want and try to make it work by living simple and doing some of these things we talked about. So we're on the money topic. What do you think young aspiring professionals could be doing right now to help make money? Now I'm going to bring up my first idea and I'm going to give a shout out to Naima Campbell, alumni of the Living Sport Program, Dublin 19, and let's call her, Cassie, I called you the queen of side hustle. I'm going to tag her up being the princess of side hustle <laughs> because that girl works hard. She goes to school full-time. She has a near full-time job as well, and she does a lot of side hustle. She told me she does DoorDash and Uber Eats and all of that stuff. And I'm like, wow, that's incredible opportunity. I told you guys, I shared a couple minutes ago that I delivered pizza in college, but the DoorDashing, you get to work whenever you want to work, whenever you have time. So do you know what else students are out there doing to make money? Well, yeah, DoorDash is a big one. Instacart is also a big one that I have seen many people are not going out to get their groceries. So Instacart is you're going to get their groceries for them and bringing them back. I've seen folks be creative as well. Back to um, Naima, she also has some great hair products that she has launched. And I just had a conversation with her maybe a week or two ago about what is this that 
what you're doing? She's like, this is, you know, this is helping me meet, make ends meet. And I'm trying to grow this business. But if you have a skill um, that is useful, you think that is useful to folks, get out there and, and you use it. And so there's many things that I've seen people are being creative with. They're creating Zoom calls and webinars, and maybe it's a nominal fee that they're charging. And so if you, you're passionate about something and you have a skill that you can use, whether it's within sport or without, that's your opportunity to, to make some extra dollars right now. See a lot of people engaging in workouts on, on Zoom, and so they're making money that way. But yeah, if you have a skill that you're passionate about, I know that some of the living sport alum can, you know, marketing is their background and graphic design is their background. So if you have that, you know, reach out, use your sources on LinkedIn, whatever. Just, hey, this is what I can ha offer you right now um, and see if people will be engaged in that. Naima by working so hard that girl has been to Dublin Ireland in 19 in 2019 then in December she went to Cancun Mexico with the alumni group right after that I saw on social media that she was in South Africa so that is an example of working hard to make money and putting it towards a life experience a learning lesson etc or like you're saying, she's also started her own business, which is hands-on learning right there. So there's nothing more that you can do. And, and big shout out to her again. Chastity, you are the queen of side hustle. I pegged you as that. Tell the listeners what you're doing on the side from, aside from being a professor at, you're teaching at two universities. You do all of this stuff for self-growth. You're in book clubs. What else do you do? Yeah, so yeah, I do teach full-time at Lincoln University. And so that is my main hustle. But I will also say that I have a side hustle at Lincoln University as well because I teach group fitness classes under wellness and recreation. So that's another avenue of income for me as well. Being an adjunct at Cabrini University brings in some income. I also am a personal trainer and group exercise instructor and I've done that for many years and so I have my hands in that a little bit with the gym local to me and most recently I took on their uh, social media manager role and so I manage their Instagram and Facebook pages and so right now the gym is closed but there's an opportunity to do some virtual things and so because I have the combination of being able to do workouts and being able to market them. One of the things that we're getting ready to launch right now is a 28 day challenge. And so I've been working very closely with the owners and the manager to, to launch that. So even though the gym is closed, it still provides me an opportunity to get paid. And so I've been doing that. And I do have a, a vinyl business. And that was one of the things that kind of fell fell into my lap. I'm very frugal. And so a couple birthdays ago, I wanted to have some party favors. And so I'm like, I'm going to learn how to make them myself so that I don't have to pay all the money. Lo and behold, a couple years later, now I'm making wine glasses and t-shirts and water bottles. And you would think that right now it's slow, but I've been real creative in my marketing and, and making class of 2020 quarantine shirts and April birthday quarantine shirts and things like that. So just been able to use things 
that I'm passionate about or that I'm good good with and just making it some extra income. And so it's it's a good thing to not have all your eggs in one basket because in the event that you know you lose your main source of income, it's important to have income to to fall back on. And one of the things I think maybe last week or the week before is you know you're fortunate when you have resources that were additional but can be used in essential times. And so I, you know, yeah, even when you do get a full-time job, that's your career, that's great, but you also should have multiple sources of income just in case, just in case times like this happen or, you know, I don't want to work forever. So, you know, having that income to to add to retirement and stuff is, is beneficial as well. So check you out. It's a vinyl thing, right? Check out some of Chassie's work. She's really creative. I saw this past week, you're doing some Easter baskets. Easter baskets. Yep. That's Easter Sunday. It doesn't feel like Easter is Sunday. Um, but yeah, you just get creative with the times and, and come up with some different themes. And, you know, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, but you know, you go with it. And, you know, I also do in-home wine parties through One Hope and right now liquor stores are closed in the state of Pennsylvania. And so One Hope will deliver wine right to folks' house. And so I've been creative in having online parties and One Hope does fundraisers. So one of the things I did with one of the parties is fundraise for college students and those that are struggling with laptops and and things like that. And so purchasing wine through me has helped some college students sustain those things. And you know, a friend of mine hosted a party and, and some of those dollars are going to a local hospital to help give supplies that they need too. So I don't know how these side hustles come about. It's just one thing leads to another. I'm having a conversation with this person and the next thing you know, I have a story. And that just seems to be the story of my life. Well, that's amazing. So if you put yourself out there, you meet people, you are true and honest with people, they, they lead to good things because people ultimately want to help other people. And if we can team up together and, you know, we have chastity, you've been instrumental in living sport and helping provide the opportunity for aspiring sport business professionals to gain this international experience. It's just really fun when you can team up with people you respect and you like, and at the same time, do great things in the world. Yeah, success does depend a lot on collaboration and and working together in partnerships. And so those that have gone through the Living Sport program and those that aspire to reach out to one another, you don't know where they're going to be in five years, right? And so you want to make sure that you're reaching out. Maybe they didn't go on the same trip, but you guys are all connected on social media groups and maybe just have that conversation. You've been watching somebody on social media for a while. Don't be afraid to reach out and have those conversations. Those of you that haven't gone on a living sport trip and maybe aspire to reach out to folks that have, they'll be happy to have those conversations, build those relationships. It's going to be real interesting to see where the alumni and the future living sport participants end up in five, 10 years. I know that I'm definitely excited to see how all this plays out because they've been fun so far. It has been. It's been a a really great ride seeing just in the past 
four years, people grow from the program now working full time. And now I think that first class is finally getting to the manager phase where they're getting promoted. And now they're either hiring living sport participants as their interns, which is phenomenal. That's all you can ask for from a network is for people that came through the program to swing back, turn around and help the next person in line. I couldn't agree more. So speaking of alumni, do you want to answer some alumni questions? Oh boy, let's try it. All right, we will end this podcast with a couple of questions that were submitted on our social alumni network page from some of our alumni. I'm reading some through right here. Let's start with the question with, how about a mentor? So Shane Baglini, mentor of Living Sport and Advisory Board Chair, his question is how to stay focused and productive when working slash learning from home. He says he's struggling a little bit. Yeah, and I struggled my first week or two. I did struggle as well because I am an extrovert and I like to get out and people, other people do motivate me. But one of the things that I had to figure out is that I have to go to work and I have to leave work. And so my laptops they now stay in my home office. So if you have a space where that is designated for you to work, you keep your work there and you go to work and you leave work just like you would regularly. You take a lunch break. I don't even bring my phone to work with me anymore because I feel like it is a distraction. I don't take my phone to my classes, right? So taking my phone to do my online learning would be the same thing. And so it's really, I'm getting up, I have a routine, and whether it's I'm exercising or reading, making sure that I have breakfast, and then I go to work. And I have a schedule for the day. These are the tasks that I need to get done. When those tasks are done, maybe I leave work. Maybe there, you know, I have some extra things that I could be doing. But then I leave work and I don't take work home with me per se. And I think that that's helpful is, is coming up with that schedule, just like you would go to work regularly. I think that we need to do that. And I was doing some reading a couple weeks ago and it was, what advice do folks that work from home regularly have for us folks who are now forced to work from home? And two things that somebody said is that you don't want to do work on your couch and you don't want to do work in your bed because you will never be able to relax and decompress in those areas again. And I said, huh, yup, because I'm laying on my couch and all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I gotta do one more thing or I gotta do this. Or I'm laying in bed and I'm like, oh my God, I, I gotta go respond to that email. And so making sure you have a designated space for work and you go to work and then you leave work. One of the biggest things, and I know people are not going to be a fan of this, but this is me, part of me living my best life, is I don't have my work email on my phone anymore. And so I'm not bringing my personal life to work right now because it's a struggle with balancing and working from home, but I'm not taking my work into my personal life either. And so having those checks and balances, because otherwise, either you're going to be demotivated and not get anything done all day long or you're going to be working many, many hours throughout the day because there's always that one more thing and you find yourself working way longer at home than you would in the office. And so that would be my advice. 
didn't I tell you guys listening at home that this was going to be a good one? Listen to her. <laughs> she is on it. Oh my goodness. I have a lot of uh, lessons to still be learned from you, Chastity. Jess Garcia, Barcelona 17 alumni, asked a similar question about how do you balance going to work and then relaxing at home. She mentioned how to stay in a positive mindset. Yeah. So that's tough right now. It's really tough to be positive with everything going on in the world. But as I mentioned before, I don't watch TV. So I don't see the news like most people see the news. And I think for me personally, that helps me to stay positive. The more that I see on, on the news, on social media, or on TV, the less likely I am to stay positive. I mean, I understand the guidelines right now. I understand what's going on, but I don't need to be inundated with the news day in and day out. And so that does help. But again, going back to working on self, just because we're home doesn't mean working on yourself goes away. And so you've got to find those things that you enjoy, find those things that, you, you know, that help keep you in a positive light. Is it waking up and making sure that you're exercising? Is it waking up and, and reading? Is it meditating? What are the things that you enjoy? Do you like to craft? Do you like to listen to music? You still have to make sure you're doing those things that you enjoy to help you stay in a positive light. And another thing is I find that I am more connected with my girlfriends right now than ever. And so having those friendships and having people to like talk to on a regular basis, like I didn't get to talk to my, I don't get to talk to my friends regularly when we were in our old norm, but now it's like, okay, I know my friends need me and I know that I need my friends. Right. And so relying on people and having those conversations has been, has been helpful and having those cheerleaders to, to get you through. Sure. And Jess Garcia did something really wonderful. We shared it on Living Sports Social. Her and Chelsea Bingham, uh, Barcelona 17 grad as well, they had a digital movie night. They watched a movie together via Zoom. So just little creative ideas like that. Like you said, reach out to the people who do make you happy to get you through this time. Next question from Jen Wonder, Hamburg 19 alum. How would you talk about this situation professionally in future interviews? Hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. So what I think that I would do is, you know, because I'm learning a new skill set right now, we all are learning to be resourceful and we're all learning resilience. And so we are learning new skills, even though it doesn't appear that we are. And so when going in the future and having those interviews, talk about what COVID-19 has taught you from a professional standpoint. Talk about what COVID-19 has taught you from a professional and personal standpoint. And, and you know, there's going to be skills that, that you take away from this. There's a lot that everybody is learning from this. So I would suggest that um, maybe every week or maybe every couple of days, just jot down things that you're learning, right? That maybe you didn't learn before. I was having a conversation with a girlfriend last night and she says, you know, I'm taking this time to learn new skills. Uh, I'm learning that what are some things that have caused people to be displaced and I, I don't wanna be replaceable. And so I know it, she said, I know Excel, 
but I don't know well. So guess what? I'm taking this time to build my skill to make sure that I know those things. And so I encourage all of you, there's an area of, I don't like to say the word weakness, right? But I will say area of opportunity. If there are areas of opportunities that you're not, you know, that you need to work on, take this time to work on those and develop those skills so that you can add those to your resume and you can talk about those in future interviews. All right, great. Next question is from Dublin 19 alum, Nicole Teklitz. How would the work dynamic be changed due to working from home? So I would say that we were forced into this, this new norm. But what I do think is that relationships, there's something to be said about relationships and being personal and having those conversations. And so while op, uh, opportunities may present itself to have maybe days that you work from home, there might be some professions that might just go from work from home, but from a sports standpoint, for sure, I don't feel like many things will just be 100% online. And so relationships, are important, especially in that industry. And so I think maybe there will be some flexibility from working from home, but I do think people will be back in the office and on the field and courts and things like that. Okay, last question here, Dylan Hammond. He was London 18 and then a junior mentor on Milan 18. How do you see the precautions taking during this pandemic transitioning to the industry post COVID-19? Yeah, so I think that in the industry, there's going to be a lot of policies and procedures put in place, particularly from a health standpoint, right? And so maybe there's going to be more hand sanitizing machines and more policies and procedures and on how tickets are, are handled. And so I know that a lot of it is paperless now, but not 100%. So what does that look like from a ticket standpoint? What, how will the scanners and and ticket takers and all of those things and how will they handle the food? I think that there will be a change from a sanitation standpoint. To what extent, I'm not quite sure, but I do think that how ballparks and and game day operations are handled, they will be handled a little differently just for precautionary standpoint. I wanna share a story, one of our partners in Dublin, Ireland, and actually he was in Hamburg, Germany as well. He is working for a company called Charged Up. It's a UK-based business. It was basically his department is supplying these charge-up stations to sports stadiums so people could have a charger accessible while they're at the game if their phone is going dead. We've all been there where we desperately need a charger. So, but they have pivoted. They have pivoted their resources to turn their booths from supplying chargers into hand sanitizing stations. So Chastity, you mentioned there's probably gonna be a lot more of that. And my mind went exactly to Ali, where his company has pivoted to supply nice looking stations where you could get hand sanitizer. In my background, sponsorship wise, I'm sure you could put logos and stickers all over that thing and find a sponsor in a ballpark or in an arena that would love to be a part of sanitizing and making everybody germ-free in stadiums. 
Yeah, that's interesting that you say that as well, because in following some of the Living Sport alum, we have an alum who has transitioned into minor league baseball, and one of their fundraisers just recently was hand sanitizer with the team logo on it. And I hadn't seen that before COVID-19. I, I didn't see that. Who was that? Maddie. Okay, okay. That's an example of taking what is happening now and pivot, putting your pivot on it. How can you make a difference and turning it into something that you could provide? So minor league baseball is now giving out hand sanitizer. Were they giving it out right now or are they waiting to give it out at a game? So they weren't giving it out. It was something that they could purchase on a website. They knew that hand sanitizer in the stores was slim to none. And so they created their own um, hand sanitizer. I don't know, you know where it came from, but with their logo on it and it was for sale on their website and it'll be shipped right to your house. How about that? I've been looking for hand sanitizer and I have yet to find it. I have some bottles here that when I travel, I have with me, but I haven't found any on the shelves. So yeah, great idea there. And it just helps getting it out to the public. Yeah, definitely a way for the company to make some revenue when there's no sports. And I also think that we're learning that apparel companies are able to make other things, right? And so they are supporting, you know, they're making masks and, and attire that's helping to care for COVID-19. So it'll be interesting to see what the merchandisers do after um, COVID-19 as well. Absolutely. And even distilleries, they're switching to making the hand sanitizer as well. So maybe they're in Alabama for the Rocket City Trash Pandas. Maybe there was a local distillery that switched to making hand sanitizer that was able to supply the Trash Pandas with some. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, I want to thank our alumni for submitting questions. And I, I think that's it. I really enjoyed you on this podcast. I think, again, you are the perfect person to have during this time. And anybody who knows Chastity or anybody who does not know and wants to get to know her more, she is an instrumental mentor that she could teach you a lot. Me as a professional, I look to Chastity to continue to grow myself. You heard about some of her really great habits throughout our conversation. Those are habits that if you're interested, why not try them out to become the best version of you or as she really says, to live your best life. So Chastity, thank you for joining the Living Sport Podcast and thank you for everything you do for our program and our program alumni. Thanks for having me. Talk soon. Hey guys, thanks for listening. If you haven't subscribed yet, please hit that subscribe button and share this podcast with your friends. Our goal at Living Sport is to help all young professionals succeed in the sport industry, especially through the Living Sport International Sport Business Program. This program provides students with an opportunity to experience the world through sport. This year, Living Sport will be visiting Dublin, Ireland, London, England, and Athens, Greece. If you're interested to learn more or to apply for a 2020 program, go to livingsport.com. Have a great day, guys.